You're listening to the Viral Molly Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. But before we get into the good news, we wanted to uh, remember Don Friend, father of Dan Friend, who uh, passed this last week uh, to natural causes. And uh, just our hearts, condolences, sympathies, and prayers go to the Friend family because uh, we're all, although we haven't seen each other in two years in some cases here, we're just a great volleyball family. And we want to be let him know that we're supporting him in this time with his family and that I know that he wouldn't ask this, but I'm going to do it anyways. But um, you know, just because of, of passing of family members, there are costs incurred. So if you have the ability to do so, please visit the Ray Strong Foundation Facebook page and his family's accepting donations through that particular site. So um, if not, just notes of encouragement are always appreciated during these times. So hey, good day, everyone, and welcome to College Volleyball Weekly on the Viral Volley Podcast. With me are Pepperdine head coach and MPSF representative Dave Hunt. And Jay Hosick, EIVA representative, head coach of George Mason. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. What's going morning. on? Let's talk about week two results. What are some of the results that really caught your eye? And we will start with you, Dave. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, we've talked about it before. I like seeing rematches. I like seeing Irvine. I mean, I don't like seeing it, but as an MPSF guy, I saw Irvine uh, defeat Stanford, and then Stanford goes the next night and loses to San Diego. So I'm starting to learn a little bit more about some teams that we know have some potential, but um, as they play better opponents, we, we get a feel for how good they are. So um, fun to watch those games as a coach. Yep. Jay, how about a match for you? UCLA looked pretty good against Princeton. Uh, they they uh, they're not necessarily high flying, crazy attackers, but they're just solid and they and they play a lot of the little game. You know, they 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 cover and dig and run kind of some some funky routes here and there, and they just they're just pretty solid. So uh, I was pretty impressed by UCLA. I'm gonna jump what uh, put one in there too. Uh, USC going four and zero on the week. Uh, Princeton with a three zero win. Simon Gallus, they're a German hitter 16 kills 303 two aces two blocks is five digs he's been really getting on that stat sheet for the trojans so i'm really looking forward to seeing them irvine goes to them and then usc comes to us at the end of the month so um yeah usc going to four and oh and actually got a text from gary sato the assistant coach there uh just saying wow looking good and he came back not looking as good as you so (laughs) strong response from gary any other matches there for you dave Uh, you know, in terms of looking back, I mean, Penn State winning two matches against Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's a little down, but I'm looking forward really to, to week three. We're starting to see some teams cutting to full health. You know, UCLA did look good, but they're out. I, at least they have some pieces that weren't there with them, uh, or at least they didn't play. I don't know if that's a depth thing, a COVID thing. I mean, that's going to be the question all year. Um, or whether it's just low air and those are the guys we're going to roll with early season. So, um, yeah, I, I, it sort of gets my palate wet and I'm ready for, for week three. Yep. How about you, Jay? Any other uh, matches? Yeah, UC San Diego looked pretty fun to watch. Uh, Macaulay looks like he's back in form and, and that's good. Uh, and then, you know, Mount Olive, I know that they, they beat us in five. They're a good team and, and they've got a couple of big matches coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna make some noise. Yep. You know, uh, 
the matches I was watching last week, another team from your conference, Jay, was NJIT. I thought they would have grabbed at least one of those against Lewis or Loyola, but they ended up losing both. But it's not to say they're not a good team because you can see they got the firepower, but they just ended up coming up 0-2. Um, Julian Meissner had a good weekend, and then I noticed they were flip-flopping on the setters there between Fistler and Roque Nito. So I don't know if uh, uh, Danny's trying to get a better feel of the lineup or they just weren't feeling it, but um, I was just shocked they didn't take one of those those matches this weekend. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I was too. I thought I think NGIT has got all the pieces to be very successful this year. The, the real challenge will be, can they put it all together? There's a couple of new guys on the court, a lot of returners, obviously, that know how it feels. Um, and they and they are playing with a little chip on their shoulder, a little bit of revenge. I mean, they, they beat us soundly last year, both times they saw us, and then we beat them in the semifinals in three. And I know that they were not happy with that. They felt like that match was supposed to be theirs. So they're playing with a little bit of moxie this year. And I, I, I suffice to say, Danny's just figuring out some things right now, just seeing what his team's got. His two setters are vastly different in how they run their offenses. Uh, and one of them is a lot more offensive than the other one. And so I think he's just kind of seeing which one's going to bring the best cohesiveness with his team. And that'll happen in the next couple of weeks. But NJIT is going to be good. Yeah. All right, so let's go to our top performers of the week. And uh, right off the top, Dave, what players come to mind for you? <clears throat> oh, I, I don't know statistically if he had the greatest week in terms of, I think there were other guys that stood out, but we talked about him last week. The Bulgarian kid at Long Beach State is the real deal. I'm talking about he's, he will be a world-class player. If you have not seen him, watch him now because five to ten years from now you'll be like holy crap that kid was in the ncaa and i remember him because he he just has the pedigree of an elite performer um he just does a lot of really impressive things for you know being one semester in college alex nikolov of long beach state from sofia bulgaria him and rado parapunov on the same national team that's gonna be some scary stuff um uh, there's at one point in Long Beach State's first match, or actually, with it, yeah, their first match, I guess that was against Harvard, where uh, Nikolov had six kills, zero errors, five aces, uh, courtesy of uh, Jonathan Bates of Off the Block posted that that clip. And I was like, wow, he's on fire. So uh, I'm going to be watching that because of you, Dave, and then also yeah. just that stat line from this last week. How about you, Jay? <clears throat> I, I, I want to echo the Nikolov statement. I'll be, I'll be real honest with you. I, I hope the kid stays for four years. Yeah. He can make a lot of money in a short amount of time. And listen, agents are, they're not uh, shy anymore. They'll go do them somehow. Um, the two that stick out to me, Hanno at UC Irvine. How about that kid coming in and you know, making a couple of big plays and some big blocks and swinging really well. I think he's fun to watch. And Toby Aziz at Mount Olive kids about six, five, six, six probably touches 12 feet and hammers the snot out of the ball. Uh, those are the two players for me, I think, that stood out the most. Yep. Well, interesting there. There's a little pattern there, and we actually talked about it before going live, but these are all foreigners. <laughs> Freshman foreigners that are making an impact in the game, and I think it's uh, ironic that both of you have mentioned, I wonder if they're going to stick around long enough to play their whole career, you know, because they are that talented. You know, Heno, uh, Charlie Brand, who's uh, my analyst when we are on the ESPN Plus feed, was saying that he's got such a complete game. He's only 18 years old, sees the court well. He doesn't believe in always hammering. He has such great placement and such is such a cerebral player that he's doing so many things from so many different parts of the court. So uh, 
Well, and then, and let's be honest, you know, we, we don't have a pro league in the States for young kids to model their game after when you watch, you know, any young kid 10 years or, or around 10 years of age, you know, they're watching basketball, they're watching football, they're watching baseball, they're watching hockey. They're seeing it pro level live, uh, you know, in their backyard, so to speak. And they're able to see what the best players in the world are doing. Now, granted, it's changed a little bit because kids have access to video and there's a lot more videos of volleyball being played around the world, but we don't have a league for guys to actually gravitate towards those kids in Europe and all over the world. They're seeing the best players do things and they're taking it to their game. And now they're bringing it to the States and it's transferring really, really well. You know, our, our guys don't know how to do some of those things when they first get to college and those guys are already doing it. So you know, when, when it's no surprise, uh, but I, I suffice to say that if we all start to go heavy foreign, then we're going to lose the growth that we're having here in the States with the American kids. And I'm not saying that I don't want teams to go out and get foreign guys or we should put a limit or any of that. I don't, I don't have any stake in that game, no argument. But it could be something to be discussed for sure in the future because you're going to see teams that are foreign heavy be really successful. NGIT is one of them. A couple of the Conference Carolina teams are extremely foreign heavy. A lot of the smaller D2 schools around the country that can't maybe get a big-time player to come to them because maybe it's a small school or maybe it's in the middle of nowhere, foreign kids don't care. And they've got access to scholarship money just like everybody else. So yep. um, not a surprise to me. Yeah. Hawaii. I mean, Hawaii had a handful of foreigners, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just the eyebrow raise. That's it. <laughs> Well, let's uh, jump on to week three of the young NCAA Division One two season. But what matches will you guys be watching? I'll, I'll chip in some as well, but uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Uh, I'm excited to see Irvine go to BYU, right? That one's happening this weekend, I believe. Um, and then I'm excited to see Penn State come out and play. Let me hold up there. Did you say someone was coming back? So there's a, another foreign player that we haven't seen, and, and BYU has been short a few athletes due to you know whatever reasons. Yeah, no, I I just know Mix. You know, he's not a foreign player. He's Mix. Oh, okay. uh Yeah, I think he from Northern California area, mm -hmm. um, but he's. I don't know why he didn't play. So I don't know if it was COVID injury. Maybe Sean just hey, we got some better options. But I saw this kid in the fall. We saw him uh, warming up last year, playing with it. This kid is strong. He's physical. He hits a heavy, heavy ball, serves, passes. He does all these things really well. And it seems like all of a sudden, if they're in system a little bit more, Davide gets a few more swings. And, um, yeah, they, they can be a handful. So I want to see them play Irvine. And I know Irvine's pretty good, right? So um, I just want to see how they play. And I don't think that the Penn State matches were a good representation of the type of team that they are. Right. Um, and then the other matches was or matches are I want to see Penn State come out play UCLA and USC and um, yeah, just to to give me a feel for how good those teams are. Yeah. Just want to add in, being that you named that, that's the uh, Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge that's going on. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State are out to play UCLA and USC. So I, definitely. I, I don't know why we call it that because Big Ten doesn't sponsor men's volleyball. I think and neither does Pac-12. So what, I'm dead serious. Why the hell do we? Yep. Why the hell do we call it that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's that's it on their be. website, but I, I was thinking the same thing. Like hmm, they don't have a volleyball conference, so yeah, no. In in the Big Ten conference, commissioner doesn't even know that those schools have men's volleyball. 
except for in 2008 when Penn State won. It's ridiculous that they call it. I mean, it's. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put that on the commentary section of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if those commissioners want to call me and voice their opinion, I'd be glad to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> about you, Jay? What do you, what's Jay watching? Well, I listen, I know, I know Dave mentioned the commission or the big 10 doesn't know anything except when 2008, when Penn state won, but let's not forget the three that Ohio state won afterwards. So I'm pretty sure the big 10 commissioner knows about men's volleyball, but I digress. Um, the few matches I'm going to be watching. Let's talk about my UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. Let's go kids playing Stanford <laughs> this week. Super stoked for that. Um, I, I really want to see Long Beach state versus Lewis. Uh, I want to see if this Nikolov kid can handle the block of, uh, of what's his name in the middle? I forgot Mitchum. the top of my head. Tyler Mitchum. Yeah, Tyler Mitchum. That kid's long. I think the last time I checked, he touches 15 feet uh, just standing there. The kid's ridiculously long. And he hammered a ball this weekend that was on the three-foot line that bounced out of the screen above before it went out. That kid's legit. Um, I'm also going to be watching Penn State versus UCLA and USC. I want to see how good those guys can be uh and that, like i said earlier and i'll say it again i'm saying they're going two and oh this weekend they're that good um and that is the matches that i will be watching well along with you guys i'm be watching the eiva miva mpsf challenge is what it should be called in la just because don't get to see those teams out that much and unfortunately i'll be working another game that weekend uh with a shortage of announcers, I am filling in another place. So I can't even be there. So I'm so disappointed that I don't get to see the coaching staffs there, but that's definitely one on the radar, but this is the one that, that really is catching my eye because two of the most, uh, I think outside best outside hitting cores in the nation, Grand Canyon at UC San Diego. And that's assuming Christian Janke is back. Cause I noticed that he wasn't on the uh, box scores this last weekend, but you know, Camden Gianni was being Camden Gianni and somehow you know, Penn State and all those other teams have, have shut down Hugo Fisher. They're opposite of Grand Canyon. Um, UCSC, you got Ryan Ka, who's really stepping his game up as the OH2 against uh, our buddy, Macaulay, uh, who's always, you know, taking care of business in so many different ways. But Blake Crisp is really a, running a really good offense there. You're seeing Charlie Saragusa step in and do some good things at the right side for the Tritons. So that's definitely one I'm watching. And along with you, Long Beach State of Lewis, uh, you know, that's going to be a really good matchup, I think. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak for Dan real quick or not for Dan. I think <laughs> the perception around the country was Lewis lost uh, all their pin hitters or a significant amount of their pin hitters, right? Both their lefts. And, you know, I know he was sort of platooning the guys on the right. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still really good. And I, I'm excited to see, you know, do they have to beat Long Beach State this weekend? No, but I mean, I think there was this assumption that it's going to be, hey, they drop off Loyal and Ohio State. But Lewis could be in contention to be playing for the MEBA championship again. And um, yeah, he's doing a nice job. And if he was here, I would never say that. But now that he's not here, I'll say that. Now, I just realized that none of you guys picked this particular match. And I'm kind of surprised. UC Santa Barbara at Pepperdine. Is that not happening? I'll be, I mean, I'll be watching it. Yeah, I'll be watching. So. <laughs> But, I mean, that's an interesting matchup right there because, uh, you know, I was, I was hoping to see Jalen play this last weekend, a debut in the uh, blue and orange for you guys. Uh, I hadn't seen him 
play, but uh, I mean, he's going to change the dynamic of your offense and um, against, you know, Santa Barbara, which I know they played kind of undermanned in their tournament. I know there's some uh, injuries or COVID, whatever, because, uh, you know, people reach out and said, yeah, there's no way you see Santa Barbara use, loses any of those matches. Like they were pretty confident that they were so shorthanded. That's the only reason why they lost, but you know that what Rick's doing up there is a solid thing. And, and those kids are, have bought in that system. So you know, I see it being a very entertaining and a lengthy match at uh, between you two guys. Yeah, I think that's what everyone kept telling us before the NCAA championship match too, right? There's going to be about a thousand digs in this match and guys <laughs> flying around. And even though we have most of our guys back from last year, we still, we're a very different team uh, in terms of the guys we play. Yeah, we have Jalen. In case you don't know him, he jumps high and hits the ball hard. So that's a nice <laughs> thing to have in volleyball. Thanks for the um, scouting report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's playing a little bit of a different position this year than he's used to. So, um, we got Princeton tonight, you know, Monday night. So that's going to be a good challenge for us and, and we'll see where we have to go from there. Yep. Anything else to add on the week, gentlemen? No, nope. other than hopefully there's no more COVID cancellations, uh, and everybody is healthy and moving forward. And I'm excited just to see men's volleyball being played. 22 cancellations in week one to four in week two. So that's a great drop off. We're hoping the trend continues uh, for College Volleyball Weekly on the Viral Volley Podcast. That's uh, Dave Hunt of Pepperdine University, Jay Hosick of George Mason, and I'm Rob Espero. Be sure to check the volleyballbank.com uh, streaming and TV feeds to list where you can watch and hear and see the live stat and all the matches. Off the Block does it as well. They do such great coverage, and we're all friends, so I don't mind promoting everyone because we want to grow the game, and there's some outstanding talent that we should all get our eyes on. So, again, Dave, Jay, thank you for coming on, and for Dan Fran, who's out this week, whom we're missing, we're filling in the void right now with just a spud, we'll say. He's at Dave's feet right now. Spud is this handsome little guy, little bulldog. That, That's right. That's uh, hangs right. out and likes like video Dan. bomb every once in a while. Oh, yeah, Dan, Dan's a handsome little guy. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you and good luck this week. See ya. See ya. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Viral Volley Podcast podcast. Be sure to follow Rob at Rob on the Mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or at RobOnTheMic.com. Check you next time.